Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. A graphic novel, a TV show, well it's not TV, it's HBO, and will this thing succeed, and by how much, man? And some might cheer, and some might scoff, because it's Damon Lindelof, but either way we're off to watch some Watchmen. Watching Watchmen Talking Watchmen Analyzing Watchmen And maybe arguing over Watchmen Who watches the Watchmen? You watch Watchmen and we watch you watching Watchmen while you watch us and we watch you and it's like a round circle of watching. I'm Alex. Uh, I'm Justin. Thanks. Uh, giving <laughs> that is creepy man i'm pete and this is a special thanksgiving bonus episode of watchman watch we're gonna be talking about what happened all the runoff is probably the grossest way i could describe it of oh, this heat. extraordinary being uh, the last episode of watchman we're gonna talk about a bunch of other things happening in the world of watchman what's been going on on pdpedia take a look forward at the episode seven promo and talk about some of your tweets and questions both from twitter and from our patreon slack if you want to join the patreon slack there's been some healthy discussions about watchman going on there patreon.com slash comic book club as low as two dollars a month Month. Would love to see you there. Come hang out. We'll talk about Watchmen, even though we're in the middle of having some turkey and stuffing with all of the fixins. Oh, yeah. I'm stuffed full of quality programming every time I turn <laughs> on an episode of Watchmen. Yeah. Ooh. Now, before we get into it, as we always do on our bonus podcast, I'm going to apologize about a couple of things that we got wrong. First of all, mm. Pete got something wrong. Which what? was well, hold on, you got of something I wrong. Did. There was of course you did. Uh there was the name of Will Reeves' wife, mm-hmm. who I believe I don't remember exactly. Oh, you said it was Angela, and then we made fun of you. We were like, haha, don't be an idiot, it's not Angela. And I said, No, yeah. no, it's not Angela, it's Sally. And then we kind of went yeah. from there, called her Sally multiple times over the course of the episode. Her name's not Sally. <laughs> that was also wrong. Yes, that How was that also my fault. That, well, I was also wrong. Yes, yeah. there were several people that at were least wrong. I didn't think it was Sally. Yes, at yeah, we're not pointing any fingers here, Pete, but you <laughs> yeah, were wrong. No, 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 that's yes. um, here's no, all that's, I'm saying is sorry. you use the name of the main character of the show, Angela Abar, and I use the <laughs> char- name of the character, Sally Jupiter, who so far hasn't really appeared in the show that much. So I'm less wrong than you were wrong, Justin. You were the least wrong at all, so you have won Congrats. this round of apologies. Yeah, I always win at apologies because I don't do them. Yeah. Now, the other thing that we didn't exactly get <laughs> wrong, stance. but we weren't able to pinpoint, uh, was the title of the episode, This Extraordinary Being. 
This actually comes from Hollis Mason's description of Hooded Justice in Under knew, the Hood. I, the I knew it was from the comic, though. I, yeah, I, yeah. I had a flash of it, and I just couldn't place it. Yeah, so you totally got that right. You had mentioned that it was about Dr. Manhattan. It's not about Dr. Manhattan. Of course, it's about Hooded Justice. And he describes him as this extraordinary being that came out of nowhere when he first talks about Hooded Justice popping up on the scene. So, of course, that makes a lot of sense. We also obviously talked about the deeper meanings of the title in terms of how it refers to Will Reeves, et cetera, et cetera. So we nailed that. I think we're real good about that. Yeah. Uh, we, na- we nailed it like the TV show nailed it, where we didn't do a great job of making it right, <laughs> but it approximated enough to make fun of it. Yes. Now, as we continue That's through our whole shtick, man. The, the gross, yeah. gritty runoff of this last episode of the show. Stop saying that. What? Should I say uh, splooge? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, discharge the joy that w- you said that word <laughs> is was is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah close I, your close your uh, pornography th- thesaurus, Alex, and let's get down to business. Oh, okay, right. let's get right. down to business. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, right. There's been a lot of great writing about this episode in particular. I mean, I think mm-hmm. people have been doing a fantastic job of writing about Watchmen in general, but this episode really brought everybody out, both in terms of recaps, deep dives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so there's a lot of great stuff going on out there. Uh, one article that I thought was kind of fascinating in particular for us to talk about, this is another thing that we got wrong. Uh, we're calling the racist character that Will Reeves tracked down red it turns out his name wasn't actually red it's it was fred, actually right it's fred yes yeah nice maybe i That's just my... misheard you guys no yeah. no no i said fred but then he said red and i was like oh i'm probably wrong and he's probably right so i stopped pushing it well you know what always go right said fred that's how you remember that name yeah. uh there is an article that i noticed on vox and i don't so if it, don't know if anybody else wrote this up uh but the title of the post which will probably tee you up into what's exactly going on is it sure seems like watchman turned donald trump's father into one of its racist villains now the character is named fred Donald Trump's father is named Fred Trump. Fred Trump owned the first grocery store in Queens, which is the same thing the character does in Watchmen. And the name of the character's uh, grocery store, or I guess his factory, is F.T. and Sons, which certainly indicates it's Fred Trump and Sons. And in fact, one of the writers, I believe, of Watchmen tweeted something like, hey, you might want to look up who owned the first grocery store in Queens. So wow. they're being pretty straight up about it without actually saying it. What do you think about this? What do you think about uh, obliquely working in the Trump family into this episode in particular? Uh, I love it for multiple reasons. Uh, one, it tracks with my uh, politics. So very down with that. Uh, two, <laughs> like the original Watchmen comic was irreverent in that way. And it made subtle political points while at the same time telling a superhero story. And I think uh, it's great that they did that in a way uh, that sort of allowed it to be and so such a subtle thing, something that you had to dig and find and enjoy all the more. Yeah, yep. the comic definitely had presidents, and it. it had uh, it was president heavy. So, I love yeah, a president heavy book. It feels more seditious in a certain way because it's happening right now, and because they are 
not explicitly putting it out there. Uh, I actually appreciate them not explicitly putting it out there, not because I don't think you shouldn't go for Trump, but because whenever I see him in a TV show at this point, it takes me out of it. You know, like, I don't know if you guys watch Mr. Robot, which I absolutely love. It's a wonderful show. But in the third season, I want to say it took place where they had footage of Trump giving speeches uh, and talking about stuff. And I don't know. It just takes me out of the fiction of the show in a very big way because that's what we live in in the world every day. But to bring in Fred Trump and to not explicitly talk about it and allow you to find it seems a much smarter way to actually work it into that fiction. You know, totally yeah, agree. I, I I feel similar when they use the real like Grand Army Plaza instead of like a fake one. I get I get like oh I'm gonna be late for work and I mm, kind of do that. Mm-hmm. So like. I like when they use the fake one. Yeah, it's a very similar thing between (laughs) Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn and the President of the United States. Both triggering. Both are triggering. Yeah, (laughs) you know, a lot of people have different triggers, and you know. Yeah. Is it because, Pete, is it because you think, uh, oh, it's because you're late for work? I was going to say maybe it's because of the second of the Knuffle Bunny books when they have to do a midnight meeting and exchange the Knuffle Bunnies at Grand Army Plaza. Dude, you're a creepy, creepy man. What What are you even talking about? <laughs> Parents out there, you guys know what I'm talking about, y'all. Right? <laughs> Duffel Buddy? We don't no? read that in my house. I read my daughter's Watchmen. The comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, cool. Uh, let's move on and talk about some other stuff in the world of Watchmen, specifically Petypedia. So the latest PDPedia has some very interesting documents on it. I really enjoyed this one in particular. There's three documents that they put up. You can check it out at hbo.com slash PDPedia. And this is supposed to be Agent PD's secret files that he's putting out there. Uh, We'll talk about the official Watchmen podcast in a second, but they actually did a big plug for PDPD in the middle and specifically said, yeah, this is supposed to be the back matter that we didn't actually put in the show. Uh, The first one is from Lori Blake. It's a memo that, and it's titled what has one eye and loves evil plans. There's a couple of great things that happened here. The first thing is agent PD for the past couple of weeks has been, not so slyly referencing Lori Blake and sending these memos and these digs at her and saying, well, of course she's never going to read these memos. And in this memo that she sends out to the FBI, she says, Hey, Petey, I sit next to you every day. Yes. I read all your memos. If you have something to say to me, just come talk to me. And I love that. I love getting a glimpse of this relationship outside of the show. Yeah. The, this, uh, these these PDPD entries, especially the Lori Blake one, does such a great job of capturing her voice uh, with this back matter. It's uh, super fun. And to your point, like a lot of interesting little reveals in these. One of the bigger reveals of it is that while Angela Abar is going on this nostalgia-fueled trip through her grandfather's memories, at the same time, Lori on the outside is actually recording it. We don't get to see what's going on with Angela Angela, because we're in the fever state with her, but it sounds like she's been talking, and in particular what piques Lori's interest is the word Cyclops, which she hears, I believe she says, 50 times Yeah, no less than 50 everything. times. 
Uh, and it's interesting. This again, I'm jumping ahead to talk about the podcast a little bit. Uh, but the the official Watchmen podcast is a conversation. It's an hour long conversation between Craig Mazin and Damon Lindelof. And an interesting thing that they talk about that I thought describes perfectly what is happening in the show is non expositionary a non exposition exposition. And they were specifically using that to refer to the sequence where Adrian Veidt is taking the newborn Crookshanks and Phillips from their clone bath to the house when they can't talk yet. And he's describing to them and saying, well, you're newly born and you don't know how to talk yet, but soon you will. And I'm the master of the house. And he's laying all this stuff out. And the way that they explain it is this is information that these characters need to know. So it is exposition, but it's purposeful. It's not just a character sitting down and saying that stuff. And I think that's kind of the same thing we get here between Angela and Lori, even though we don't actually get to see it on screen. Yeah, they it's they bury the exposition in uh, in a scene, and it's uh, it's so smart and so simple um, that it just it makes us enjoy it so much more without feeling like ugh, I'm being lectured. Yeah. Was there anything else before we move on to the next one? Anything else you wanted to mention about what has one eye and loves evil plans? Oh, uh, well, there's the the thing of go after go and get mirror guy. Like there's some uh, outside of the episode stuff that's happening concurrent with the episode, which I thought I'm excited to see where it pays off, um, where she sends Petey to go get mirror guy who last time we saw him was about yeah. to be murdered. So, uh, yes, that ratcheted that tension up reading this um, yeah. Yeah. And we are heading into, at this point, the final three episodes of the show. So things should be getting pretty big and apocalyptic at this point, I think. Uh, the second one, also fascinating, particularly given this episode, is The Will of Nelson Gardner. Now, Nelson Gardner is Captain Metropolis. And the way this plays out, there is, if I remember correctly, there's a note from Petey beforehand to contextualize it. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then it's the handwritten will of Nelson Gardner. And the thing that I thought was fascinating about this, so uh, he left Will Reeves his house. There's a couple of things in there. First of all, it seems like whatever was going on with Will and Nelson Gardner in the period where we got to see, it seems like they split and Nelson regrets whatever went on with them. Yeah. Does that seem fair? Yeah, 100%. That his will is all about almost forcing Will to take his fortune and how he wants to be uh, cremated and his ashes thrown in the garbage, basically, uh, <laughs> which is that's a baller choice. Uh, spread my ashes <laughs> in fresh kills of Staten Island. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to be? Where do you want your ashes to be, Pete? In a Subway uh, sandwich? <laughs> oh, no, man, definitely yeah. not. When I definitely. die, make me into some nice meatballs. How about you, Salbs? I just said it. Make me into some nice meatballs. And you know that Subway makes the best meatballs. Yeah, well, my I want to sp- oh, spread, say spread I into want... a microphone, <laughs> a podcasting <laughs> microphone. Uh, specifically, I want to be made into meatballs, and then, Pete, I want you to eat me. Oh my God! <laughs> no, man. <laughs> it's, my it's my dying wish. It's my dying wish. Sorry, buddy. You right. got to refi- Pete. It's a dying wish. You have to fulfill those. No, you don't. Yes, <laughs> you do. Dead. Last request. Yeah. Otherwise, it's you're like, going to go to debtor's prison. Cool. Cool. 
there's a couple of other details that are kind of fascinating here, and otherwise it's a very emotional thing that he sets out. Uh, we also find out that, uh, which I don't think is in any of the Watchmen back matter, but Nelson Gardner died in a car crash and they never found his head. Yeah. That seems... It's a very pointed detail. Uh, it makes me think maybe we do see, we will see his head, but I don't know why. Why would we see his right. head? Yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, this is like sort of a side thing, but like, we've seen so many things come back on this show already. You know, Will Reeves has survived for what, over 105 years at this point. I don't know if we're going to enter into Futurama territory where there's going to be heads in jars or anything like that. Oh, um, yeah. But maybe something went on there. Maybe it's a whole Walt Disney frozen head type thing or something. Uh, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and this is a bit of a side note, but HBO on their Twitter account put up the Minutemen picture with the actors playing the Minutemen uh, in the episode, which... As you noted, Justin, it's very blurry in the episode. You can't see exactly what's going on. Uh, but they yeah. did the classic Minutemen picture of the same pose from Watchmen, the comic book. So I don't know. I don't think we're going to see all of them again, but maybe maybe there'll be a bunch of heads somewhere. I feel like the uh, head thing is just that old saying where it's like, if this thing wasn't attached, I would uh, you know forget it. You know, probably just someone forget their head somewhere, you know? Mm. Do you think maybe somebody took off the yellow ribbon around his neck? Probably, yeah. Yeah, All great references. I also think it could be something that doesn't apply directly to the plot of the show, but maybe it's referencing a famous story of like a Hollywood actor or someone Mm -hmm. who died this way. Uh, I also wouldn't put it past to be just like sort of a red herring, interesting detail to throw in and like, oh, yeah, they didn't find his head. Bye. well, let's talk uh, talking about red herrings. Let's move on to the third one. Actually, is, actually, Alex, they're pronounced Fred herrings. Oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Get the uh, name, we'll apologize for that. Right. Yeah, we'll apologize on the next bonus podcast for that one. Uh, Lady True fact or fiction? This is a gossip column in the local Tulsa paper. They don't interview Lady True, but they do call up her official PR rep and lay out a bunch of fact and fiction notes, gossip column style about Lady True. Uh, There's so many great things in here, but the reason I brought up in terms of red herrings is it feels like every single thing in here is not a clue so much as the opposite of a clue. You know? What? Yeah. Uh, They feel like random trails to send people off onto. Right. Like, one thing that they talk about is... Lady True's father, I believe, right? And whether she was, he was Eddie Blake, uh, which is something that we've speculated about. So it almost feels like putting it out there being like, ooh, was her father Eddie Blake? She says it wasn't, but maybe it was. I don't know. Feels very specifically like, no, it 100% is not Eddie Blake under any circumstance. I, I was just going to say, this is just a classic takedown piece, you know? I mean, this is all hearsay. This is not journalism. Wow. From one wow. journalist to another. Take down. You taking down JJ Whitman? The the <laughs> from the the talk of Tulsa? And the Star Sentinel? Man. That's a huge that's the Maggie Haberman of this universe. Uh that's what's your gossip column called again, Pete? Pete Seat? Uh it's called Scoops. Scoops? 
Um, yeah, we should call it Pete's Seat. That would be fun. Like, here's the view from Pete's Seat. Ooh, that's good. But they call you Scoops the Page because you used to work at a Baskin Robbins, though, right? <laughs> you had all the gossip yeah. at the Baskin Robbins. Ooh, yeah. okay. You know what? I changed my mind. Uh, Pete, when I die, make churn me into ice cream and then eat it. <laughs> no. Uh, you that's gotta my dying eat wish. Alex. You no. gotta eat Alex, Pete. Yeah. It's Not his dying request. You, you gotta it's try. It's his dying it. request. Yeah. It's, I bet I taste really good. Oh man, that's so especially gross. as an ice cream. That's mm. lovely. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Plus, some Zalbin, gelato. Zalbin will be way at the end, so like people won't like. Oh, they'll walk down eventually. Be like, oh, this Zalbin at the end. What are those nuts in there? <laughs> <laughs> and they are. And they but, are. But you know what I mean. Uh, I will say the biggest thing that made me think this was like a total like uh, throwing all the crazy theories into an article was the time machine reference at the end. Yes. Uh, what do you guys think of that? Yeah. So the last item is they're talking about the millennium clock that Lady True is building and they say, oh, it's just a clock. But the gossip columnist is like, well, what if it's a time machine? Would that make sense? No, that's ridiculous. Unless it isn't. And I think you're absolutely right that this is they look through a bunch of Reddit fan theories, wrote them down as this document and essentially are debunking them by putting them out there. Yeah. And I hope because I we talked about this in the the clock tower is a time machine. Wow. Yeah. The they did joke about this on the podcast a little bit where. Craig Mason asked David Lindelof, he said, I'm sure the Millennium Clock is something else. David Lindelof said, what are you talking about? It's just a clock. It just tells time. And Craig Mason said, "Uh, okay. And David Lindelof said, all right, actually, it also makes a beeping noise. And that was his joke. But he's clearly indicating that, like, yes, of course it does something else. Of course something else is going on with it. What do we think, if we want to talk theories for a second, it brings Dr. Manhattan back to Earth? I mean, that seems the most reasonable thing, or Adrian Veidt, potentially. I mean, that's that's what I feel like. If he's not already in that statue, certainly that would make sense to me. Pete, what about you? What's your big theory about the Millennium Clock right now? Well, it's got to be doing something with Louis Gossett Jr. Um, it will. Yeah. Or do you mean no, that no, actor, with Louis Gossett with Jr.? the actor. It's doing, with the actor. He's, they're putting yeah. on a production of... Uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Nice. Ooh, Alex, dropping the th- 90s theatrical references <laughs> like a high school senior trying to impress so, someone slightly I think it's got to be some, some time of like time window or something where at certain points you can like walk in and out of the clock tower and it's like a time, uh, time machine or pulls you in time. What do you mean I, by a time you window? What's a time window, Pete? Is that like a time no, it's door? Like a, but it's like a space are, baby, but it's a time window. Okay, cool. It's <laughs> good. I love. We got to get our lexicon straight. Yeah. Time window. Yeah. Uh, also, I just want to throw this out there. You could actually walk in and out of Eddie Clock Tower. <laughs> uh, not if it's closed. Sure. Wow. Good call. So a time yeah. window just allows you to get in after hours. So I think what you're thinking of is yeah, a regular I think- window. <laughs> Yeah. I think what he's referring into. to is a door that is unlocked. A door that unlocked is a uh, time window, Pete. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you go. Now you we're getting a certain amount of time street. before it locks again. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's also not how that works. Let's talk about the episode seven promo because this is a big one. Uh, this yeah. is a ridiculous thing to point out. I could be wrong, but I, I believe this was most of the promos have been like 30 seconds long and very light on information. This was a minute long and there was tons of stuff going on here. What jumped out to you in particular? I was surprised at first, uh, right out of the gate, by the fact that Angela's uh, nostalgia-based sort of trip will continue into this next episode. I thought for sure it was like a one-off thing, and then she pops away. She woke up. It's over. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, Yeah, because in this, she turns into the ceiling of a church. That that was a very cool shot. Uh, That certainly seemed like... It's, I mean, maybe it's just a cut, but it certainly seems like it's starting to bring together whatever's happening with her and happening with Adrian Veidt, because that goes right into that scene with Veidt in the church or whatever room he is in. Uh, tons, tons of that going on there. There's a door. She seems to be looking for somebody. She's opening the door, shocked by what she sees. But uh, she's also on kind of like some kind of leash on her feet. Like she doesn't look like she can go anywhere. I think what leash. Uh, it might have been a foot leash. That's a great guess. It also might have been everybody were... cut. Everybody cut <laughs> foot leash. <laughs> oh uh, it seemed to be whatever was around her. Uh, oh my gosh, middle of the arm. ankle. No, what, what's the ankle of the arm? Forearm. The, are you talking about wrist. the word elbow? <laughs> are you trying to say the word You're elbow? And P, how are you guessing incorrectly? <laughs> I'm not listening. The word what el- he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you, Alex, hold on a second. Did you door. say the ankle of the arm and you meant elbow? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Wow. That was co- that was a series of crazy things that just happened. You were saying nonsense. <laughs> Pete was echoing nonsense. That's my main job. Echoing nonsense. Uh, yeah, yeah wow. so as we were saying around your elbow, she... <laughs> She seemed to have tubes coming out of it at the end of the last episode, and it, that seems to be whatever that is, I would I'm say. I'm sorry, sir. You, you broke the ankle of your arm. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what are you saying is a test arm? My, my favorite pasta? Probably ankle of my arm, macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> I think this show is... Breaking my brain. Um, yeah, something, something. Just, just a little bit. Uh, why don't we move on to tweets and questions? Wait, wait. wait no, we yes. didn't talk about anything. I want to know promo. what you think that is. Oh, I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying that there was uh, something around her arm. It looked like medical equipment, and it looked like mm-hmm. that was the same sort of thing was around her arm in the promo. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. My guess on that is they're trying to control what she's uh, envisioning a little bit more since um, we talked a little bit last time about how. Uh, she took all those pills, and whether that was Will and Lady True's actual plan or whether it just happened that way, and maybe they're, like Dr. Manhattan, capable of seeing things and yet not affecting them. Um, and maybe now they're trying to sort of adjust her nostalgia trip a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Pete, what else did you want to point out about the promo? Uh, that I love how these promos are getting a little bit more intense, like, couple more apps left and it seems like things are amp- amping up which is uh i think really cool because so far because it's been going at a certain pace you can kind of take things in but it feels like uh 
It's it's going to get a little crazy here. All right, let's get to the tweets and questions now. Uh, we have a couple from our Patreon Slack. First of all, there were some good comments on there that I wanted to share. Uh, this is from John George on Patreon uh, about, and by the way, Patreon.com. Yeah, patreon.com slash comic book club. Again, if you want to join, we'd be love to have you love to chat uh, about the Cyclops. It's an interesting name, which might have ties into the previous episode. The original Cyclops, Cyclopes, Cyclopses were linked with thunder and lightning. They also worked in darkness, building weapons, which would be reasonable for a secret society. Uh, I think that's a great yeah. point. That's something that we were speculating on why the name Cyclops last episode on the podcast. Yeah. I'd be curious how far back, um, this, they revealed that this conspiracy started. Like it could go back even further beyond, uh, the middle 20th century. Maybe it goes way back before that. This is something we touched on before, but I was thinking about it a lot since we were discussing the Cyclops thing on the podcast recap. Uh, if, the squid, because it does have this one cyclopean eye, isn't all connected to Cyclops. And I do wonder if we're going to find out, even though Adrian Veidt does seem like a very uberman erring on the side of Nazi Ku Klux Klan, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if he's actually part of that. I don't know if he is part of Cyclops. And I almost wonder if the designers and everybody that he hired to build this squid pushed him in a certain direction to get this cyclopean idea out there. Similar to similar to how they accidentally use the okay sign, which is a side of the alt-right for Cyclops, where these image this imagery comes through. So we might potentially find, depending on what happens with Adrian Veidt, that this was a, not exactly an accident on his part, but something he didn't know about. And it was a way of getting this, hey, we're putting the Cyclops out of the world, but this is a sign to our fellow racists. Look at this big thing that we're doing. I could so also like see it being um, it's like the, the opposite of that, uh, where it's like it, they saw, he just happened to choose that design of one eye and they're adopting it. So like a lot of conspiracy hmm. theorists uh, take on something from the real world and are like, I know why this happened. Like QAnon, basically. Well, so, the, the only thing I'd say about that, though, is that it pre-exists Adrian Veidt. We know that it goes back to the 1930s because that's when, at least, because that's when Will Reeves was encountering them and they were already pretty powerful. But that said... To your point, Justin, it could be something like Seventh Cavalry adopting Rorschach, where Cyclops existed and the squid happened, and potentially they're appropriating it again. What were you going to say, well, Pete? Yeah. So you're saying it's like the uh, ramen noodle ad in Times Square, right below the ball. It's like they don't do any advertising anywhere else because they just they know where all eyes are going to be. So they're like, we'll just put all uh, all of it there. So like that. Uh, a racist yeah. group. It's like, listen, we'll just advertise on the giant squid that's going to appear in the middle of New York. Mm. So are you saying ramen noodles are racist? No. No, uh -huh. I'm not. Oh, uh, now that's a conspiracy I theory think, I can get behind. <laughs> I also think that the uh, squid is just the, uh, their cyclops symbol is just the, the company that makes giant squids. You can mail order them and get them to deliver it anywhere you want. All over yeah. the world. By the way, have you ever tried Dog Whistle brand ramen noodles? Because they're very good. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they are real, real tasty. Uh, but yes. don't read the back of the box. It is Yeah, it's alarming. very bad. It's like a fucked up Dr. Bronner's. Uh, let's yeah. <laughs> talk about... Here's another one. This is from Jason Williams. I'm so glad that action came back in a big, bad way with Hooded Justice dropping bodies left and right. I definitely want Sister Knight to get back to the fighting, though. Uh, I This was something you were asking for, right, Pete? Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, action helps drive story. And I feel like uh, Sister Knight uh, got to do some really fun fight scenes in the early episodes. And it was great to see. And uh, I feel I agree with uh, Jason here. Oh, I think it's bound to be coming back. We have this confrontation with Looking Glass coming. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe we won't. Based on the promo, we won't. But I'm hoping we get to see something with that. Uh, I mean, it's going to build to a big bang, I think. Yeah. This is, as opposed to Watchmen, the comic book, they're very much leaning into the visual medium nature of this, the uh, moving nature of this versus the still of the comic book, like we talked about with the first episode. So I don't think there's any way you can get away with out having some sort of big fight scene before you wrap this up, you know? Uh, this is yeah, totally a agree. mild spoiler for another TV show, uh, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. So don't listen for a second if you don't want to know. But this is Bandito on our Patreon Slack says, I swear if the show had a baby Yoda, I wouldn't watch anything else. So what do you think the chances are that baby Yoda will show up before the end of Watchmen? I don't, I don't know what Bandito is talking about. You've got Lube Man. You know, Lube Man is the baby Yoda of the show. Hmm. Mm, what if B- Lube Man, I feel like, might be a member of the Mandalorians? <laughs> yeah. We'll Lube never see him with his mask off. Lube Mandalorian. It's right, exactly. there. it's right there. Exactly. It's right there. It's right there. Solved it. On Twitter from at Very Lovely LJ, after listening to the podcast today and hearing all the Superman references, I can't believe I didn't realize it until now. Will Reeves, Christopher Reeve, really Watchmen writing staff? Uh, now, I will say, I do think that's a, a fun potential one that they may be riffing off a little bit. But what I took away from the name Will Reeves is that this is a little boy who is uh, not abandoned by his parents, but left by his parents on his own. And I think probably adopted his own last name from Bass Reeves, who is the star of the, the Black Marshal of Oklahoma. Uh, that's the implication that I took yeah. from it. Did you did you guys take something different? Uh, I just think uh, you know Christopher Reeves was getting a rowdy shouty there. What? What? What's that, Pete? Just a, a shout out, you know? No, that's not what you said. What did you say? A rowdy shouty. Oh, a rowdy shouty. Do you have that? Do you have a rowdy shouty before or after you walk through a time door? Uh, you know, you time kind of rowdy shouty. Time window. Every uh, time you. you close a time window, a time door opens somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's how it works. Mike Fairbanks on Twitter. I still wonder how Will Reeves is connected to Judd Crawford. I've seen all the episodes, but I must be missing something. There's actually, uh, there's a little conversation in our mentions that I'll read. Uh, so he says, uh, just repeat it. I'm still wondering how Will Reeves is connected to Judd Crawford. I've seen all the episodes, but I must be missing something. Coach Dino says, I think a lot has to do with Senator Keene telling LG that he and Crawford kept the peace. Uh, Judd admitted to Will that the cow in the closet was a grad dad's. The word legacy being used over and over again. Lady True, Agent Blake, and now Judd. And Mike says, so was Judd's murder meant to flush out the Calvary? 
Uh, so lots of stuff there. How do you think Will Reeves is connected to John Crawford? How is it connected to Senator Keed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I think he's been watching Angela for a long time. And so Judd is someone who he naturally investigated because of his connection to her. Yeah. What do you what do you take away from it, Pete? Do you have any theories? That shit is uh, way deeper than I'm thinking about it. And it's uh, a little over my pay grade. <laughs> Pete. Wow. Uh, what is your pay grade, right. Pete? Yeah, I mean, I work I for think, comic books. Great. Uh, I think at this point, I would say that Wolverine is connected to Giant Crawford. He hunts Cyclops, right? He hunts the people in Cyclops. That's what he's always done, and that's probably why I took down John Crawford. How he knew about him is certainly another question, but it doesn't seem like, based on what we see with Judd Crawford, that this is a new thing for Will Reeves at this point, you know? No. No, it yeah. seems like he's been doing this uh, his whole life. Exactly. Uh, all right, before we wrap up the bonus episode, anything else you guys want to chat about? Anything else going on in the world of Watchmen? I am very pumped for the next episode. They did a really good job of, like, uh, looking at it individually and then kind of, like, escalating, and it's it's really been a fun ride, and I'm excited to see how this is going to end. Yeah, I mean, this episode six is a masterpiece episode. Uh, it's one of the best uh, pieces of television I've seen in a long time. So, like, it was – I'd be – I'm really curious how they're going to try to match or or beat that or way they, where they take the story from here. It was such a defining episode. Yeah, I think it's probably all downhill from here. Uh, no, I don't think that. I think I, – I feel pretty confident they're going to stick the landing at this point. So I'm – I'm excited to see where it goes as well. Don't jinx it, man. Nope, that's it. It's going to be 100% great. Nothing's going to go wrong. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, a couple of things before we go. As mentioned, if you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft. In New York, come on by. We will chat with you about Watchmen. Socially, you can check us out on Twitter at Watchmen Watch One, Watch Watch Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Also, socially, you can come on by and hang out with us anytime you want. Is that what That's you're going to say, Justin? Social, yeah, let's meet it. Let's meet at Pete's Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you try the last flavor. I definitely recommend that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And remember, we taped this podcast 35 minutes ago. Uh, sorry, guys. I have to go. I have a real pain in the ankle of my torso. <laughs> so I have to go check that out. <laughs>